With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to home, where every week we help you better understand that place where you live. I am Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, custom home builder, custom home designer, and your guide to turning your ordinary house into an extraordinary home. All right, the gang is all here. Well, portions of the gang. Well, actually, the gang. Yeah, it's the gang is all here. Jacob is standing in for us this morning. Jacob Gonzalez on the board doing his magic. Good morning, Jacob. Good morning, Dean. It's good to have you, bud. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Are you, though? Really? It's uh, a little early for my schedule, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. You're normally in there with Gary and Shannon, so you get to, like, sleep it until, you know, like 9 o'clock. Well, I usually get up at 6, 6.30 anyways, but uh, this I'm is just, a bit early I'm for just, me. I'm, it is a bit, it's a bit early for me. That's why we ha we're going to have long, awkward pauses like this. Yeah, I love it. Yep. Oh, one more. <laughs> one more. Uh, Misty, you know what? Uh, uh, a lot of us are, I've got a head cold today. So, uh, uh, and I don't say that for sympathy, although your sympathy would be greatly appreciated. Uh, uh, but uh, Misty is also not feeling well, and neither are the kids. And so she is taking the weekend off. And uh, Michelle Cube is in uh, with us today. She's going to be screening calls. And by the way, let me throw this out here right now. Guess what we got today and tomorrow? It's an all calls weekend. We do this every few weeks. I love it because I love talking to you about what's going on with your home. Um, I've got some other things to talk about too while we're waiting for the board to light up. But I'm just telling you right now, right now, right now, the board is open and it's time. If you uh, have uh, often tried to call in or thought about calling in, Saturday mornings are a great time to do it because, you know, everybody's sleepy. So you can get ahead of the uh, the rush in. Here is the number. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. I'll give it to you one more time. 833 2 Ask Dean. The board is open now. The phone lines are open. Talk to Michelle. She'll pop you into the queue. And who knows? You and I can talk about uh, and figure out what is going on with your home today. So uh, feel free to give us a call. Uh, all right. So we got Jacob. We got Michelle. Brian Baruman at the news desk. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. I'm back. You are back. Where were you? Uh, just shifted around schedule-wise like yeah, our friend Jacob here. Everything just gets shoved around, moved around a little bit. How was your week? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I'm enjoying the uh, the colder weather, actually. I am, too. You know, we were in Chico this week, visiting some friends at the very end, at the very last hurrah of Tina's birthday month. Uh, 
she turned a, a decade over this uh, year. And so we made a big deal out of it. And we had all these little gatherings and uh, dinners and feasts. And uh, so this was our last thing. So we were up in Chico. And the, Chico is an amazing place in regards to foliage because uh, not a lot of people know that. I certainly didn't know this. Chico is so packed with deciduous trees uh, that when the weather starts changing up there, the colors, it's like being in New England. And we, we got just a, just a touch of it. So we are fully in fall mode here, including uh, fall head colds. So, uh, you know, that's fun too. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to have you back, Brian. And uh, it's good to be working with you this morning. And of course, sitting across the table from me, my better half, she just literally rolled in. Are you pointing to your throat? Like, don't don't ask me to talk. No. Yes, you are. Well, you got to say hi anyway. My better half, my design partner, my best buddy in the world, Tina, is here this morning. Welcome home. Oh, that didn't sound bad. <laughs> it's the first words I've spoken today. It is the first words of the day. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Uh, I'm going to give you the number again: eight three three two. Ask Dean. 833, the number two, Ask Dean. It is the beginning of an all-calls Saturday, an all-calls weekend. You decide what we're talking about today. Give me a call. Let's talk about what's going on with your home. And we'll get to it uh, when we return. I'm so glad you joined me this morning. So much more to come. Your home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. We've got some uh, calls on the board. We're doing an all-calls weekend, my friends. So uh, here is the number. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833, the number two, ASK-DEAN. Give us a call. Talk to Michelle. She'll pop you into the queue. And uh, who knows? You and I can uh, sit down and talk about what's going on with your home today. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Let's talk to Emily. Hey, Emily. Welcome hey, home. good morning, Dean. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question regarding peeling paint. I have an old house. It's about 78 years old, and my ceiling in the living room is starting to peel. And I was wondering how to handle that. Should I call in the professionals, you know, like the restoration services, or how should I handle that? Um, well, I don't know if uh, a restoration service is critical. I mean, is this... Is this uh... 78-year-old paint? Is that what you're telling me? Well, some of it is. You know, okay. I've, I've painted over it since I've lived here. So I'm not sure what to do. Okay. So when paint is peeling, it means it's lost its bond for whatever reason uh, to the subsurface below. So, yeah, all that peeling is going to have to be uh, scraped off. Uh, we're going to need to sand down uh, the uh, the ceiling in other words, uh, in order to reopen the porosity of the ceiling. And, uh, and then probably uh, my biggest recommendation would be a really good quality paint uh, and start with a primer, a primer coat first, because a primer is all about bonding to the existing wall and then a couple of coats of good quality paint bonding to the primer, and that should get you started right back to zero again. My only concern, Emily, <clears throat> is that if we're talking about 
78-year-old paint, then we're talking about a lead content in the right. paint, uh, very right. likely. So you may want to call in a pro uh, and uh, a restaurant. I, I don't want you up there sanding lead paint, uh, you know. So uh, I would call in a pro, let them know, hey, it, this is all about uh, lead paint in my ceiling. Uh, it doesn't mean it all has to come off either. There are just ways to minimally handle it. And then, you know, just like uh, other dan now dangerous uh, components in a house like asbestos in our popcorn ceilings uh -huh. or things like that, uh, lead paint can either be, you know, fully removed, which most people don't do, or we just prep it right and then we encapsulate it. In other words, there are specific primers out there and paints designed to go over old lead paint and seal it off and encapsulate it so that it's never an issue uh, again. And so that's the stuff. The key word is to uh, let the painter know just what you let me know, which is, uh, hey, this is a very, very old ceiling. Uh, we've got lead in the paint, and we need to use a, a lead paint prep primer uh, in order to uh, get it ready and, you know, just get it back to normal. Okay, great. And so... Obviously, the patches they're peeling have to be scraped off or somehow taken off, correct? Yes, they do. They do. They need to be scraped off, so we got to get somebody with a mask up there and uh, make sure that we're not breathing in any lead right. particles as that's happening. You know, all of that kind, all of that preparation has to be done that way. But yeah, we want to we want to get rid of any loose paint on the ceiling whatsoever. Uh, so that you can start fresh and so everything will bond and, you know, things should last for years and years to come after that. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Dean. You are so welcome, Emily. Thanks for your call and thanks for calling back from last week. I appreciate you uh, hanging in there. I, we're going to okay. get your questions answered. We always do. Yes, thank you. All right, take care. Uh, do we have time when we get? Yeah, let's talk to Red. Hey, Red, welcome home. Hey, this is Big Red. Whoa! Yeah, that was a big. Red that was wood that, the wood butcher. Oh no! Is that yeah, is that a good thing? I am not a. I am not a craftsman like you, Dean. I'm a rough framer. Was a rough framer. Well, so hey, was I, I in the beginning. Yeah, I wanted to stump you. Uh -oh. Do you know what gas and wax nails are? Do I know what gas and wax nails are? What do do I yeah. get anything? Do I what do I get if if I do know? Because oh, if I man, if I, I you, if I don't know, I, I just would, get scorn and shame. What do I get if I know? It's before your time. You get. I already respect you, but even more, I will be odd. All right, here we go. Ready? Gas and yeah. wax nails. Back in the day when nails were sold by the uh, poundage, uh, right, in open containers, uh, they had no way of uh, generally being coated, number one, uh, for uh, rust resistance. But most importantly, gas and wax nails was a method, a weird method, of, uh, of trying to make a nail easier to pound into wood, okay, to lubricate you a nail. You are the man. And, you and here, listen, wait, wait, let me explain. Here's how they would do it, okay. okay? They would take a block of paraffin wax, set it on top yep. of a bin of nails. Is everybody listening to this? Do not do this at home, please. They would take a block of paraffin wax, set it on the top of a bin of nails, all right? 
Then they would pour gasoline on top of the uh, the nails, light the gasoline on fire. All the nails and the, the heat melts the paraffin wax through down through the bin, coating all the nails in paraffin wax and thereby leaving them with a lubricated coating to make them drive into wood better. How did I do? Oh, man, perfect almost. Uh, but, yeah, we would take the paraffin wax and put it in the gas and swirl it around and it would dissolve and then dump it over the keg of nails light it on fire, let it burn for two seconds and throw a blanket on it. And then you could hit them in with a 28 ounce bond with one hit. Yep. Yep. That's true. The inspectors did not like it. That happened (laughs) till about from, uh, I got in the trades 1970 as a 20 year old. And by 73, I want to say the green sinkers came out. Exactly. 74. Yeah, you got in a little earlier than me. The I that I was slamming green sinkers with my twenty-eight ounce Vaughn uh, when I started framing in the uh, mid '80s. So yeah, there you go. But oh yeah, my I, gosh, I did know about them. So Red, thanks for trying to stump. Thanks for trying to humiliate me on the radio, Red. I appreciate it. Uh, I I can't believe you knew that question. Well, uh, I'm an okay. old framer, not quite as old as you, but uh, old enough. Believe me, old enough. Fred, thanks for the call, bud. I I appreciate that. You know what? Go ahead. Try and snub me. Call in. I don't mind. I really don't mind not knowing things and learning things. So, but we'll see. All right. We're taking calls all weekend. It's an all-calls weekend. You're in charge of the show. You should have always been in charge of the show. Many people believe that's true. Uh, The number to reach me at, 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. The numeral to ask Dean. Uh, Michelle Cube is standing by, ready to take your call. She'll pop you into the queue, and then who knows, you and I can talk about what's going on with your home. Anything, anything. Design issue, yeah, because I'm a home designer. Uh, construction issue, because, you know, I'm a builder. And uh, what? Uh, DIY uh, questions, because I do that too. That's just what we do. We like homes. So give me a call. We'll talk about what's going on today. All right. Uh, let's get back to the phones. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Let's talk to Anthony. Hey, Anthony, welcome home. Hi, thank you. Thank you for taking my call and doing the show despite being sick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No problem. Believe me. Go for it. Uh, My air conditioning uh, system uh, is about seven years old and recently had maintenance done. 
and they recommended I buy a compressor saver. Uh, they did a test on it, and they said that uh, the number is indicating that the compressor is um, not functioning or it's going to be failing soon. Um, it should have been 50, and he measured it at a 42. That's the most I can tell you about it. Um, it's about a eight-year system. Uh, I've had it. I've owned the home, too, and I just want to do my best and uh, maintain our air conditioning system because I know they're very expensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, so you're just wondering, is that is it worth it, a compressor saver? Yeah. Would you recommend that part? Yeah, I probably would. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've heard various uh, comments and opinions about them uh, through the years. You know, there, there are some HVAC guys out there, a handful of them who are like, listen, if you needed one uh, for your unit, uh, the manufacturer would have just built it in. But that's kind of counterproductive for the manufacturer because they would love to sell you a new unit as well. So I'm not sure about that. It, they make perfect sense to me. By the way, uh, what a compressor saver is, it's also known in the industry as a hard start kit. It's basically a very simple concept. When your air conditioning compressor kicks on, it demands a tremendous, a tremendous amount of energy. I mean, a massive surge of energy. And that energy as it flows in actually does wear uh, and tear on the uh, on the compressor and a couple of other components in your air conditioner because it's just it has to handle that much uh, that much power surge into it. So what a compressor saver or what's known as a hard start kit does, it's basically a large capacitor that gets installed uh, upline uh, in the system, and uh, that capacitor does two things. Number one, it stores energy. Uh, in it uh, so that the next time the air conditioner kicks on, it can comp it can provide up to 50%, I believe, if I got my, uh, if I've got my facts right here. If you're an HVAC guy and you're listening right now, call in and tell me if I'm close to that. But I think it's about 50% of the energy required to start up the compressor so that we don't have to take that big power draw off the line and, uh, and jolt it into uh, the motor. Uh, so, it's a capacitor. It holds that energy, and it also has a tendency to smooth out, to kind of condition the energy so that it doesn't spike as hard. And it, from my understanding, uh, hard start kits or compressor savers uh, do actually help ease off, especially an older compressor, uh, ease off the wear and tear, and they work well. I haven't heard any complaints about them, and uh, and you know it's a lot less expensive than uh, getting new equipment out there. And so I would yeah. say, generally speaking, I mean, you can always get a second opinion other than mine uh, because I'm not an HVAC pro, but uh, my experience is, yeah, they're, they're not at all a bad idea. Well, thank you very much and have a great morning. Anthony, thank you for your call, sir. Appreciate the question. Really good questions today. I love it. I love it when we get good questions today. Let's talk to uh, Henry. Hey, Henry, welcome home. Good morning. Thank you. Um, I live in Orange County. My house was built in the mid-50s. It's got a crawl space underneath. And I was wondering about um, how useful an earthquake retrofit would be. Would you recommend it? And um, specifically, um, are each is each house so unique that you need a, um, like a structural engineer to come out and tell, you where, tell the contractor where to put the anchor bolts and the bracing, or the contractor can do it himself? And roughly, what sort of cost are we looking at? So when I talk to contractors, I'll know if they're in the ballpark or not. 
Okay, gotcha. Uh, well, okay, answer to question number one, do I recommend an earthquake uh, retrofit, seismic earthquake retro? Yes, I do, strongly. All older slabs, I mean all older slabs, older foundations, older houses, uh, pre-1970s uh, houses should definitely take a serious look at their uh, crawl space. Uh, if you're on a slab, that's, we're not talking to you. We're talking if you have a raised foundation. The older a house gets, uh, the absolute more uh, the retrofit is needed. If you've got a 1940s or before house, there's there's not even a question whatsoever that your house is not properly bolted to the foundation. You uh, a 1950s house, Henry is kind of in the gray area. There there could be adequate bolting. The it's and maybe not. You don't have to necessarily go right to a structural engineer. You should call companies that specialize in earthquake retrofitting. They usually have engineering on staff anyway, and uh, get a couple of estimates uh, and uh, definitely more than one opinion because I don't want some you know uh, uh, unreputable company showing up charging you for something that doesn't need to happen. So I would get a couple of estimates, a couple of evaluations about it. It's not rocket science uh, to retrofit a foundation. It takes a little bit of time and uh, and no, it doesn't take complex engineering as well. So, and as far as the cost is concerned, uh, there's two things in regards to cost. One is the average home, I am told, and I get this right from Janiel Maffei, who is the, uh, the chief mitigation officer for the brace bolt program in the state of California. Janiel tells me that the average cost of a home retrofit, uh, seismic retrofit varies anywhere, depending on the size of the home from uh, three to $6,000 uh, on average, if I'm remembering those numbers, right? <clears throat> so that's probably the zone of price that you're talking about for your house. But the second thing that I want to let you know is uh, you should absolutely, right now, it's a timely call, you should absolutely go to uh, the uh, Earthquake Brace Bolt uh, Retrofit website. It's literally earthquakebracebolt.com because the Brace Bolt uh, program for the state of California is currently enrolling right now, uh, and it's going to cover your, uh, your zip code, I guarantee you. And uh, what you would do is you would enroll your house into that program, and uh, it's a lottery system. Enrollment ends, uh, I don't remember, uh, I want to say the end of November. So uh, you've got time to do it, but you should get in there now and get your house listed. If you are selected in the lottery system for the Earthquake Brace Bolt program, and believe me, they try and select as many as possible, then uh, you can get a uh, subsidy up to uh, three grand, th uh, well, up to, I think, $3,000. Uh, so if you've got a smaller home, it might cover almost everything. And if you've got a larger home, it could uh, handle, you know, like uh, <clears throat> as much as half of the cost of the retrofit. So that's my advice to you go there first. Get your house listed on the program so you can get that subsidy uh, should it come your way. And then, uh, yeah, call two or three seismic retrofit experts because we don't want your house sliding off its foundation in the next quake. Uh, we are doing an all-call Saturday morning. I'm so glad you're with us on the program. It's an all-call Saturday. It's an all-calls weekend. 
So uh, you are in charge of what we're talking about today. Design questions, construction issues, DIY concerns, whatever the case may be. I'm just here to help. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help. Uh, give me a call. The number to reach me, 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Phone lines are open right now. We got a little room on the board, so uh, you got uh, you got a shot. Give me a call. Talk to Michelle Cube. She'll pop you in the queue, and then who knows? We, you and I, we can figure out what's going on with your home today. All right, back to the phones, shall we? Let's talk to Jack. Hey, Jack, welcome home. Yeah, Jack, are morning. you there? I design... Yes, I have a design question this morning. All right. Yeah, that question is, we are considering converting our second level of our house to an accessory dwelling unit. And the issue is how we seal off the existing stairway on the interior. Mm. Mm -hmm. Whether a door or other drywall it in or, or what. Not sure what to do there. So how prominent is the stairway in regards to the first floor of the house? I mean, where, where is it at? Well, it's off the back. It's not too prominent. It's a straight run. It's a straight run. One, uh, no bend, no turn in the risers or anything like that. Correct. And I'm assuming the ADU, uh, given its size, that you've already checked on approvals for, uh, you know, an exterior staircase. There, it's got proper egress. In other words. All of this is assuming that you've, you're you're complying with uh, with all your local building codes in regards to you know the, uh, accessing the upstairs unit. That's correct. Our they get so um, the concerns only on the interior stair. Okay. Uh, Jack, is this something that, I mean, you, you guys are considering it? I mean, it, is it something that you're really serious about? Like, hey, this is we're never going to go back uh, to this. Uh, in, in other words, you know, this is just the way it's going to be. Upstairs is going to be a separate unit, period, permanent. It's a permanent shift. Or is this the kind of thing where you're like, well, you know, maybe for a couple, three, five years, and maybe we want to restore it? The latter. The latter. Okay. So, you know, maybe the easiest way to handle this, it's hard for me to tell you exactly a design perspective on this in regards to, uh, you know, what's going to look best for the house in both directions. But uh, uh, I would say 
wherever the stairs are most intrusive, like down downstairs, uh, where where they're happening there, uh, as opposed to filling up an upstairs hallway, uh, I would probably say, yeah, frame it in. In other words, uh, build a uh, a temp wall around the stair stringers, around the staircase itself, drywall it off so that, uh, in fact, you know, it's just sealed off. If you're really going to do it from a, a great design perspective, you also may want to remove the banister or the railing uh, and just set it in that staircase and go ahead and enclose the platform on the upper floor as well so that there's no stairs for anybody to walk down up there. Uh, you enclose that, you know, frame over them with more flooring, but in a way that uh, in the future you can open up that floor, remove those extra ones. You still have your stair opening. The stairs are still there and uh, you could restore the staircase relatively easily. So that, that I think the key here is finding a balance between, uh, you know, okay, we don't want to just remove the stairs, but uh, we want them to go away. We want them to go away so that nobody has reference to them downstairs. No one has access to them from upstairs. And that means a little bit of intrusive work so that you really make the upstairs look as though there never were any stairs and the downstairs the same way. So that would be my first direction of advice to you. Can we enclose these so that uh, nobody walks in and says, oh, you got a, you got stairs leading up, up to the, you know, the other thing, too, would just be to close the floor in and you've got a set of stairs to nowhere <laughs> downstairs. But that, you know, that looks weird. Uh, so if it's truly okay. a design question that you're referencing, I would I would attempt to without tearing them out uh, because you want to be able to restore them later. I would do everything you can on the first and second floor to make them invisible and uh, I irrelevant in that sense and inaccessible. Does that make sense? OK, it, it does. The, and then the following question is. On the second level, if we wanted to install or frame in some sort of door at the head of the stairs uh, for future access, is there any weird permitting or design issue about having a door from a different unit with a deadbolt on it, a privacy issue, anything particular to be concerned about that? Uh, okay, so just from a pure privacy issue, no. I mean, if the stairs are not being, I, I don't believe so. If the stairs are not required for egress, then there shouldn't be a reason why you can't put a deadbolt, a lockable deadbolt on the door, okay? The okay. reason why okay. deadbolts, uh, key deadbolts, uh, and you know, and it, by the way, if you're listening right now and you have a deadbolt on your front door or your back door, and that deadbolt has a keyed uh, cylinder facing the house, in other words, not a, not a little thumb turned inside the house, but uh, a keyed cylinder, a lot of people do that because they're afraid, well, somebody could just break the glass and reach in and flip the knob. Well, yeah, they could, but also that knob is supposed to be there for you so that if you're running out of your house during an emergency or a fire, uh, you don't have to look for a key in order to get out of your house. So uh, those are completely illegal and, uh, and not safe. However, an interior doorway that is not required for egress or emergency egress uh i don't believe anybody is going to require you or, or force you to not have a deadbolt on it because basically you're just treating it like a wall because nobody needs by law to get down those stairs so i don't think that would be an issue jack okay great all right sir thank you for your help all right buddy good luck with all that 
hope it looks good and uh you know find a good tenant they're going to be living right above you all right when we return more of your calls the number to reach me 833-2-ASK-DEAN 833 the number two ask dean it's an all calls saturday morning give me a call let's talk about your home you are home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer on KFI. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 